0: And, you know, when you do take a hike, if you have taken a hike, we have to pick a trail, right? we got to pick a trail to go down. we got to decide what it's going to be. And many times on that trail, we have even more choices to make. You can go this way, it's a little longer, this way a little shorter, this way a little harder, more difficult, this way a little easier. And then sometimes there's just places where we're just not sure where to turn. But, you know, we, we think, is this where I'm supposed to turn? Does the trail go further this way? And it, and it sometimes looks like, well, maybe I'm not sure what this little, thing going off to the side is sometimes it's very clear where to turn sometimes it's not clear and then if you're out there by yourself, they have these things called trail markers so that you can mark your trail that you're on and you can remember where it was. You can more easily get to it next time. If you're like going to a deer stand or something, you can mark those trails. And, and then if it's like just a kind of a trail trail for you, you might want to be able to find it again so you can mark that trail so you can get there. Or maybe it's a trail you've taken before. Maybe someone else has taken and they left markers and you can follow their markers. So when you're picking a trail some things are just obvious when you're on that trail, trying to decide which direction I go. Sometimes the signs are so well placed, they've got giant arrows that are saying, go this way, and there's no question at all. Sometimes there's, uh, they add little mile markers, here's how far you have to go. And it's so obvious, you know you're on the right trail when you're taking that hike, because it is very well marked. Some trails, though, uh, they're not so obvious. You're not sure if you're on the trail or not. I mean because there might be another part of the trail that looks like it goes this way and this way and one of them might just be a path that someone has frequently taken and it looks like your trail but you're not sure. So, and you so you're you're trying to decide. Because if it's a path and not part of the trail, then it might take me somewhere I don't want to go. It might take me way far away from the trail that I'm trying to take. Sometimes I just can't tell. That makes me a little nervous. Should I take this? Do I turn here? Where do I go? I'm not sure. I see a choice. I'm not sure what to make. It's not obvious. It's not clear. And I want to pick the right trail because every single trail or path is leading me or you, if you're out there, somewhere, very specific. It's leading you somewhere, so I want to end up where I want to end up on the trail, but if I pick the wrong path, the wrong trail, I'm not going to end up there. And we know that this is true for our lives as well. For our lives, this is a true concept. Every single day of my life, I am making decisions many times during that day. I have to pick a life trail. I am faced with a decision, many decisions, usually several, every single day. I have to make a decision. And I want to pick the right trail. I want to pick it. Because some places are not going to end up where I want to end up. And we know that this is true. We know it's true for our life trail. Now, some of those life trails for us are very clearly marked. I mean, it's like God is saying with a sign or a trail marker. He says, turn here. This is the place I want you to turn. And it's very obvious to us sometimes. Let me give you an example. Some of the very first followers of Jesus, some of these first disciples, Jesus made it that clear for them. Among those first followers of Jesus were some guys named James and John, and you see an, another couple of, they were brothers, you see another uh, pair of brothers, Andrew and Peter. Now, these guys were actually fishermen, and they worked together, but separately also on their fam- in their family businesses, they were fishermen. Now, we know this because of history. At the age that these young men were, and the fact that they were working in their family business, here's what we know about them because of history. We know that somebody in their lives, at some point, a little earlier than where we find them following Jesus, someone told them, they said, you are not good enough, you are not smart enough, you are not sharp enough to be the disciple of a rabbi because all children and young men for sure they were in school being taught by a rabbi and a rabbi at some point told them you are not good enough so it's time for you to go home and join your father in your family business. They were basically rejected and kicked out of school. Now, it wasn't mean, but they knew from that point, I'm just not smart enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not sharp enough to to go on and be the disciple of a rabbi. But then, we find these young men fishing together, two sets of brothers, and this rabbi named Jesus shows up one day, and he looks at them, and I'm going to paraphrase, he basically says, hey, listen, guys, I, I know that that other rabbi told you you weren't good enough, but but I'm letting you know right now, you are good enough. And I want you to be my disciple. I want you to come and follow me. Those other rabbis, they were wrong. And so in that moment, Jesus gives them a clear sign, a, 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 a trail marker that says, follow me. And he makes it very obvious. And that's what they do. They go follow Jesus. But you know, of all the decisions that we have to make, they are not all clearly marked, especially by Jesus himself, right? We don't have a lot of clear signs on everything that we have to make a decision about. So the question is then, what do we do in those moments that we don't have a clear sign from God that says, here is the specific direction I want you to take? So what do we do? And actually, most of God's trail markers that he leaves for us to say, hey, here's the path, take this path, do you know where we find those? The vast majority of the trail markers that we have from God to say, go this way, go this way, avoid this path, go this way, take this path, Most of those we find in the New Covenant. You've heard it called the New Testament. That collection of books that were inspired by God, that's where he tells us and gives us most of our trail markers. But here's the thing. The Bible doesn't give us trail markers for every single decision. So then what do we do? What do we do in that case? If most of them are in the new covenant and God doesn't give us a trail marker or a sign to say, here's what I want you to do. Here's how I want you to handle that. Go this direction. The Bible doesn't tell us which house to buy or which house to rent. The Bible doesn't even tell us how much we should pay for that rent. The Bible doesn't tell us any of that. So how do we make the right decision? The Bible doesn't tell us who we should marry, does it? I mean, it gives us some general guidelines, but of all the millions of people who fit those guidelines, God does not tell us, he doesn't give us a sign, he doesn't give us a trail marker in the new covenant that says, this is the person I want you to marry. He doesn't give us that. So how do we choose? The Bible doesn't tell us what job to take. We have no idea, according to the Bible, which job we should take, what career path we should take it doesn't even give us a hint. The Bible doesn't give us a clue about things like choosing, am I going to go to college or am I going to uh, train for a specific trade? It doesn't tell us how long to stay in school. None of those decisions we can find answers for in the Bible. The Bible does not give us clear trail markers for every decision that we need to make in life. It gives us some for many, but not for a lot. So, some of those decisions we have to make are little decisions, but some are big, some are huge. Some decisions that we make that we have no guidance for in the Bible, they can change the entire direction of our lives, and yet we don't have a clear sign from God in the new covenant to tell us which decision to make. And they could change our lives forever. So, how do we know? How do we know which trail to take? Because if you were anything like me, you have botched up some of those decisions I have if you're anything like me you don't want to botch up anymore because we have been down those roads those trails those paths and we've got a lot of trail markers left behind don't we in our past and we don't want to revisit those trails Some of those trails for us were very, very bad news, and we knew that. We knew that it was bad news, and we took it anyway, didn't we? But some of the trails that we took, we didn't know that it was going to end up disastrous when we took the trail, but that's the way it ended up anyway. So for some of these decisions, important decisions that we have to make life trails. We look in the Bible and maybe we say, okay, I'm faced with this decision. And and we look and we say, all right, in in this Bible, the New Testament, the New Covenant, I don't see anything in here that tells me not to make this decision this way. I don't see anything that says, no, don't do that. And then we look maybe to our community laws and we say, okay, well, certainly it's legal for me to do this. So if it didn't say no in the Bible, and if it doesn't say no in, in the, the laws of our land, then, well, it must be a yes. And so we did that thing based upon that analysis, and it seemed okay in the beginning, but further down the road, it turned out maybe to be one of our greatest regrets ever, and it hurt our lives, it hurt us, it hurt other people. Maybe, maybe you were dating somebody, and so the Bible didn't say no, and maybe even most of your friends supported you and said, hey, yeah, yeah, great, and it was certainly legal to do, so you did it, and you took the big jump right onto that trail, but years down the road, maybe you discovered, ah, I think this may have been a huge mistake, And you say to yourself, how could things have turned out this way when they started off so amazing? And when we look at the many, many trails from which we have to choose the choices that we have to make every single day, day in and day out, maybe, just maybe, we've been asking, before we choose a trail, maybe we've been asking the wrong questions. Because perhaps the questions and the answers that we have come up with, maybe they have not led us onto the right trails. Maybe we've been asking the wrong questions to decide what trail we're going to take. Maybe when we're faced with an opportunity, maybe we ask a question like this, well, is there anything wrong with it? Maybe when we're faced with an invitation, maybe we ask, well, let's see, is there a verse in the Bible that says no? Maybe we have this desire that wells up inside of us, and maybe we think to ourselves, well, let let me see, has Harley or Cole ever taught anything on a Sunday that said, don't do this? Hmm. Maybe these aren't the right questions. I mean, the There's nothing inherently wrong with those questions, but maybe they're not the best questions. For things that are not clearly marked in God's Word in the new covenant, maybe these aren't the best questions because if these are our questions, then before we know it, we are way down a life trail, way down there, and we begin suffering the consequences of a decision that we made way back here you see these don't sound like wrong questions they sound pretty good so we use those questions we've used them years perhaps and we've picked our life trails based upon those questions but so often it turns out to be a trail that's leading in a direction ultimately that we didn't want to go that's not where we wanted to end up but see when we pick that trail We can't see that far down the trail. We can't see that far down to know what's going to happen way down there. If we could, we would avoid taking that trail. But since we can't see that far, we take it. Now, surely, 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 surely God wants to help us choose our life trails in a better way. And so the question of the series is, well, okay, if he does, and we can assume that he does because he's our good heavenly father, he does, how is he going to do it? And so we just simply say this morning, let's start right here. Listen to a little bit of ancient wisdom that we find in the old covenant. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26 says this, those who trust their own insight, the wisdom writer says, they are foolish. Now, this Hebrew word that we have translated here as insight, this Hebrew word has some real deep meaning. I love this. That word means more than just insight. It means um, your heart, the inside of you, your decision-making heart. It talks about your feelings, the way you feel about a situation. It also combines with your heart and your feelings, it combines your intellect. That's a pretty deep meaning word. So here's what the wisdom writer is saying. Those who trust their own hearts to make a decision are foolish, he says. Those who trust their own feelings are foolish. Those who trust in what they just think is right... In other words, we say, "Ah, oh, you know, my heart is just saying, do it, and we go for it. He's saying, trusting our intellect, our heart, our feelings is foolish. When we get to the point where we say, I just think it's the right thing to do. He says, that's just foolish. The wisdom writer says, that is not wise, that is foolish. You see, feelings are given to us. God created our ability to feel things. And He did that so that we can experience this life more deeply. That is God's design. He gave us feelings. So, listen to this very, very important. Don't miss this statement. Feelings were given to us to help us experience life, not to lead our lives not to pick our life trails for us. Feelings were given given to us to experience life, not to lead our lives. Feelings are amazing at helping us experience everything that's on our life trail, the good and the bad. But they are horrible at picking life trails for our lives. You see, nobody plans to get into trouble. I mean, they were usually just following their feelings, right? They were following their heart. They were following their intellect. I, I think this is the right thing to do. They were not planning to end up where that trail actually ends up. I, I don't know anybody that stays up late at night planning their uh, a long, hard, devastating failure. We just don't plan to get into trouble. The consequences When they happen, they usually just surprise us. We're surprised that that happens. We didn't plan it that way. We see those as like accidents, as unintentional mistakes, because we were following our hearts or our feelings or our own insight. We did not see things turning out the way that they were going to turn out. We didn't see that coming way down the road. We say things like, Well, I had no idea that would happen. I didn't know they were going to do that. I didn't. I didn't know they were going to take me there. You see, we didn't really see anything wrong with that trail at the beginning when we took that trail. It's usually further down the road. We never saw it coming that what was going to happen further down that path. I have never met someone who had a plan to become addicted to alcohol or addicted to drugs or addicted to porn. I've never met that person that planned that. I never met anyone who planned to hurt the people that they loved the most. I never met anybody who planned on getting arrested. I, ne- I never met anyone who got into a relationship thinking, wow, I cannot wait to cheat on them. <laughs> I never met that person. But for many of us, we don't plan our failures. We just end up doing them. So I think we can say together, it's a given We know this about ourselves. We are going to fall and we're going to fail because we're imperfect, right? We are going to fall and we're going to fail. So if we know ahead of time that we are going to fall and fail at times, maybe we need a better plan to keep us from choosing life trails that are going to lead us toward disaster. We need something to help us choose better life trails. I know I'm still going to fall. Even if I'm on a better life trail, I'm still going to make a mistake. I'm still going to fall. But here's the thing. If I have chosen better, I won't, even when I fall, I won't be destroyed and I won't destroy others. Here's something I want you to really take with you today. McKinley's going to have it on the screen. It's this. Choosing a better trail means when I do fall and I do fail on the trail, I won't fall off the mountain. Let me read that again. Choosing a better life trail means this. When I do fall on the trail, I won't fall off the mountain. So here's the thing. If choosing, according to what my heart says, is more likely to lead me toward the wrong trail. And if following my feelings is going to more likely lead me to do something foolish, then what is the option? And here's where the wisdom writer goes on. He started, I'll remind you, he said, those who trust in their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Now, that's what this whole series is about. Us learning to choose better, making better decisions, picking trails for our lives with wisdom, not with our feelings. You know, about every two years or so, we visit this next passage that we're going to break down this morning. We talk about this about every two years. So some of this may sound familiar to you because this is how important it is. We need to be reminded about this. Paul, one of the New Covenant writers he wrote a letter to a church that was meeting in the town of Ephesus. And he wrote this letter to them because he couldn't get to them. So he wrote them a letter, sent it ahead, and he knew that this letter was going to go to the church in Ephesus and then they were going to circulate that letter around to all the churches in, uh, in that area of the world and eventually circulate that letter to the churches that met all over the world. And in fact, because that letter circulated to the churches all over the world, that and it did, that letter has now circulated, believe it or not, to us as well. And we find it in the New Covenant. And Paul, in this letter, uh, he tells the people that he's writing to, he, Paul says, listen guys, watch out. You know, if we pick the wrong trail, of course, obviously I'm paraphrasing. If we pick the wrong trail we're going to hurt not only other people, but we're going to hurt ourselves. And so then Paul gives them a few examples. He's like, listen, um, if we pick the wrong trail, we're going to end up maybe cheating on a spouse, or we'll end up getting sexually involved with someone we're not married to, or it, it can lead us toward being very greedy people, or it can lead us to become a liar or a cheater. So he gives us some examples, and then he says because all of that life destruction on those wrong trails is possible. He then says, this is where we pick up the passage, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. He says, "Because of all of that, so be careful how you live. Now look at the, that word there that we have translated into English as be careful. That word also means so much more than just be careful. That Greek word in this case, because it's the new covenant written in Greek, that Greek word means warning. It means be careful. It means be cautious. Be cautious right now in this moment. Don't be casual here. Don't just look at this decision casually look all, it says, warning, be careful, cautious, look all around you very closely. Before you take your next step, look all around at your surroundings before you go any further. That's pretty deep. He says, so be careful how you live. And he goes on, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So he says, not this, but this. And so he's basically saying, if you want to be like someone who is wise, then you need to do what someone who is wise, you need to do what they do. You need to make a decision like they would make a decision. So for us in this series, we need to pick a life trail the way they would pick a life trail. So he goes on, he says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Paul says, make the most of every single opportunity, every decision that you're faced with daily, make the most of it. Every invitation that you're given to say, hey, come do this, partner with me on this, follow me here. He said, he said make the most of every opportunity, every decision, every invitation, because there, every one of those opportunities, we are picking a life trail. And many, we're going to do it many times every day. And that trail, when we make that decision, that opportunity, that trail is going to lead us somewhere specific, and it needs to be where we want our lives to go. And he goes on, verse 17, he says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So Paul is saying to us, with every opportunity, every invitation, every every desire that we have, before we act thoughtlessly and just pick a trail, we need to ask, not the old questions, we need to ask a new question. We don't need to ask, is this okay? Is this allowed? Is this all right for me to do? We don't need to say, well, does the Bible tell me no? If it doesn't tell me no, well, it must be a yes. No, Paul is saying we need a new question. And here it is. Here's the question. The question is this. What is, in this moment, this opportunity, what is the wise thing to do? Now, a couple of years ago, we came up with a a rhyme to help you remember, and here's the updated version for this series. Here it is. Asking if it's allowed isn't the trail for you. Instead, what is the wise thing to do? Asking if it's allowed isn't the trail for you. Instead, What is the wise thing to do? So no longer can we ask, is this thing allowed? Is it legal? Does the Bible tell me no? We have to get much deeper than that, much more specific than that. What is the wise thing for me to do? This question takes living our lives to a whole new level. Not is this okay, but is this wise remember what paul said he said in verse 15 so be careful how you live which remember it means look all around you it means study your surroundings before you make a decision look all around you study your decision i mean study your surroundings and even look backwards at your past If we're going to look all around us, we need to look backwards at our past, and maybe that's where we need to start. As we're going to be careful how we live and study our surroundings, maybe we need to start with looking backwards. We all have a list of things in our past, don't we? Where we were not careful, where we suffered, Because we answered yes to some invitations that we should have said no. And we were hurt deeply because we said yes. Some opportunities that came our way, some relationships that came our way, we said yes to and they hurt us deeply. And we have the scars to prove it, don't we? We have those scars because of some trails that we took. And we got hurt and we also hurt some people that we loved, didn't we? In fact, many of us, we can look back and we can easily see some trail markers that we left where we hurt ourselves or we hurt somebody else. And they are still impacting us today and still hurting us today. Those old trail markers that we look back on, some of those, when we see them, We are filled with shame, and they're screaming. When we see them, they are screaming at us, shame on you. And they scream at us, you're guilty. You did it. They scream at us, and we relive that, and we're reminded about that over and over and over again, and we feel guilty all over again right now in our present because of something that happened way back there our past sometimes continues to use us and destroy us and defeat us and tear us down. Now remember what Paul said. He said, he said, so be careful how you live, which means to look all around at every single angle of this decision, this trail, this opportunity. And, well, maybe you're agreeing with me right now, and you're saying, Harley, you're right. I I do want to make some different decisions moving forward. But, Harley, I can't go back and change my past. Those trail markers are there, and every time I see them, they destroy me. But I do want to go forward. I do want to move forward. And to that, listen, I say, awesome. Awesome. For many of us, myself included, there are elements of our past that have been using us right now in the future, in the present, I mean. And Paul is saying, listen, be careful, be careful, be careful. Watch out, pay attention, look all around you. Now listen, please don't miss this. He says, be careful how you live. Stop before you make that decision. Stop, look all around you And make sure you look at your past first. Don't let your past use you any longer. You, you, use your past to make better decisions today. You see, if we don't use our past then our past is going to continue to use us and it will continue to show up again and again and again. Our past, it will show up again and again and again in our decisions over and over and over. And, and we'll be looking at what we think is a new trail. Oh, I'm going to turn a new leaf. I'm going to go this way. I'm going to finally get it right. We'll think it's a new trail. We'll think it's a better decision. We go down that trail and along the way we begin to see old trail markers down what we thought was a new trail. Oh, it may be a different trail. There may be a different person beside you walking down that trail. But we're going to be reliving that past over and over and over again just with different people. You see, our past can serve as a trail marker today. When we can recognize those old trail markers, we can say, whoa! In light of my past experience, here's the question we need to ask very specifically. McKinley will have it on the screen. In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? You see, we can see an old trail marker and recognize, I've got to leave this path. I've got to pick another trail. And we can only do that if before we make a decision, we say this, in light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do right now? Do you see? Our past is going to dictate to us Whether something for us is wise or unwise, that means this. This is the principle. In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? And that principle, if we will apply it before we make the decision, it will give us a -a one-of-a-kind, unique plan of action for each of our own lives. And here's why. Because what might be wise for you may not be wise for me. And again, we're talking about things where we don't have markers. We don't have trail markers or signs in the new covenant. It's for those decisions. What might be wise for you may not be wise for me. In light of my past experience, what's the wise, my past experience, what's the wise thing to do? one-of-a-kind plan that God can use for my life in choosing my trails and where I'm going to go. In light of my past experience, my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Let me give you some examples. We'll ask the question, could I have a glass of wine? Can I have a glass of wine? So we ask, well, Our old question is, is this okay? Is it okay for me to have a glass of wine? And so we jump into the new covenant and we look and we don't see really a verse that says, no, don't have a glass of wine. The closest thing we can get in the new covenant, we see that the the command is this, do not get drunk. Am I going to get drunk on a glass of wine? Well, probably not. So can I have a glass of wine according to the new covenant? Doesn't say no. But is that the best decision for me? You see, we have to ask a different question, not is it okay, not is it allowed. The question is, in light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Now, let's see, if, if, addic- if I have been addicted before, that doesn't sound very wise, does it? But let's look a little deeper. My past experience also includes my dad and my, and my mom and my grandparents, right? If addiction to alcohol runs in my family, my past dictates that may not be the wise thing for me to do. What might be wise for you may not be wise for me, but my past will let me know. I've got a friend who was an alcoholic for years And it took him to the bottom of life. And he lost everything. And finally, he got sober through a recovery program. And he's been sober now for 20 years, over 20 years. But even today, more than 20 years later, here's what he would say to me. Harley, because of my past, it is not wise for me to drink alcohol ever. He says there may be nothing wrong with it for you if you choose to have a glass of wine, but he says, I cannot. He says specifically, and I quote, I have forever lost my privilege to drink any alcohol because of my past. It is not the wise thing for me to do. You see, his past reveals what is wise for him right now. I have friends who are sober now, but their lives were devastated by addiction. And now being sober, maybe it was addiction to another substance. But now being sober today, they're asking this question, is it okay for me to drink alcohol? That was not my addiction. Is it okay for me to drink alcohol? And so the question is, as we've already said, that's the wrong question. If it's, because we take that and we say, well, if it's okay in the Bible, it must be okay as long as I don't get drunk. And we find then if we make that decision, we are walking down a trail that is leading somewhere and very possibly, eventually, further down the road than we can see toward a devastating end once again, hurting ourselves, hurting the people we love, because we're not asking the right question. Not the question of, is this allowed? But the question of, in light of my past experience, what is the wise thing for me to do right now? You see, we can learn from our past. Because if we don't keep learning from our past, we're going to keep repeating our past. And this question works with everything that the Bible does not clearly say, yes, go this way, go this way. It, it works with everything where the Bible's not explicitly clear. For every opportunity we have, every relationship that we're considering, every invitation that we are offered, every single desire that wells up inside of us. Another example. Money. Maybe somebody uh, got deep, deep, deep into some financial trouble because of spending and maybe specifically because of maybe some credit cards and shopping and the buying habits. They loaded up the credit card, maybe more than one credit card, maybe another credit card, and then maybe they finally kind of figured out, this isn't good, this isn't good. And so they kind of got on track, and they cut all the credit cards up, and years and years and years later, they finally got them all paid off. Or maybe, maybe they came to the point, where they said, I've got to file bankruptcy, we got to just start over. And so now, on this side of that past, can people have credit cards? Well, it's certainly legal, isn't it? Is it allowed? Certainly allowed. Sure, for some people, it could even be wise to have credit cards. But for this person, who just went through that, or some years earlier, for this person, is it wise for them? In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Not, is it allowed? Is it okay? Is it legal? No, 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 no. Is it wise? Pornography. At some point, maybe somebody spent hours and hours and hours watching porn. Just, just it was consuming them, controlling them on a computer or a device. Now, can someone be on the internet when they're alone? Well, certainly. It's allowed. It's legal. The Bible doesn't say not to be on the internet when you're alone. Ah, oh, Certainly but that's the wrong set of questions. Is it wise? It might even be wise for someone, but is it wise for that person? In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Gambling. Maybe somebody was buying scratch-off tickets at the gas station. They'd go in, get gas, or get a Coke, buy scratch-off, and But maybe they had bills that needed to be paid, and they were going unpaid, but they had money for a scratch-off ticket. Now, can they get gas at that station if they want to change their life? Can they get gas at that station where they used to buy the scratch-off tickets? Well, certainly. I mean, it's allowed, and it's legal. The Bible doesn't tell you not to go in that gas station. It's okay, you could get some snack. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff there. I mean, you don't have to. That's the wrong question. Not is it allowed or is it legal? The question is, is it wise in light of my past experience? What is the wise thing for me to do? We can do it with do do this very same thing. It works with friends. If if I have a history of getting into trouble when I'm out with that person or those people, you know, if the history has said I usually we get in trouble, we usually get in trouble, and they now are suddenly asking you, and maybe you maybe you picked another life trail and you're 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 doing good, but maybe now they've asked you and you're like, well, I've been on this trail so long, they're not going to influence me, impact me. Here's the question: when they give you that invitation to hang out. The question is not, is that allowed? Certainly. It's not. Is it legal? Certainly. It's probably legal. Yeah. It's the wrong question though. The question is, in light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Do you see how this works with everything? where the Bible doesn't give us a clear arrow, a clear sign that says, go this way. For every other decision we face in life, this works. And so I'm asking you as we bring this to a close this morning, I'm asking you, will you take an experiment with me this week? Don't just guess if you think something sounds good or you think That's, that sounds reasonable. That's my intellect. Don't make a decision this week with your intellect alone. Don't make a decision this week with your heart. I just Don't make a decision this week with your feelings. Will you stop? Will you take the time you need before you answer any opportunity, any invitation? Will you take the time you need to stop and be careful how you live and look all around? And as you do, start here. This week, will you look at your past and will you determine how your past can help you make that decision today? Maybe even write this question down and carry it around with you. In light of my past experience, what is the wise thing to do? Will you do that this week? Just take the experiment and then come back next Sunday. Because we're going to keep going. We're going to stay on this hike. We're going to stay on this trail for this whole month. And it gets better and better and better and more specific and more specific and more specific. Because we want to take better life trails. And as we start on this journey together, this journey to determine what is the wise thing for me to do, what is the wise thing for you to do as you determine that, Let's then venture down that trail. That trail is more likely going to end with a life that God has designed for you. A family that God has designed for you. A relationship that God has designed for you. A future that God has designed for you. And it won't be a life of destroying ourselves and it won't be a life of destroying the people around us that we love. Where there are no clear decision markers, trail markers left by God. When it's not clear, when God is not specifically saying, hey, pick this one right here, right now then we want to still be able to choose right. Even though we know, even on the right trail, we're still going to fall. But listen, we won't fall off the mountain. That can be our future. That can be your future and my future. If we will learn together to ask the right questions. Before we celebrate Jesus again in song, let's talk to him. Will you join me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us feelings. But God, may we not let those feelings that you've given us to experience life, may we not let them lead our lives. May we simply just let them add color thank you for providing trail markers. Thank you for your wisdom, Father, so that we don't have to fall off the mountain and destroy ourselves and other people. Even though we have to work harder to make a decision, thank you for providing wisdom markers so we don't have to devastate the people we love. And Jesus, thank you that our past no longer has to use us to feed our guilt and our shame. Thank you that we can instead use our past to help us make better decisions today. Jesus, help us to have the wisdom right now to know what to do with what we have heard today. And we ask you, give us the courage to do that. In your name, Jesus, we ask these things. Amen.